Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. The next 10 minutes are inspired by a child's finger painting and a flyer for tutoring. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the engine. If you've ever had the good fortune of hanging out with toddlers or kids going to preschool or anything like that, that, that like you, they bring you home all kinds of ridiculous stuff. <laughs> like you get hand, hand marks in a, in, you know, like flower clay, or you get finger painting, you get the most ridiculous feather glued to a macaroni noodle, glued to construction paper and like it's the Eiffel Tower and you just get so excited. Like, oh, that's wonderful. It's so awesome. And they get so excited to share this stuff with you because they worked really hard on it. Now, mind you, this person didn't exist three years ago. So the fact that they could glue anything together with a feather is fantastic. But in reality, it sucks. It is not very nice art. I mean, you, you would not pay anything for this stuff. But I mean, obviously, it's a three-year-old. So just the fact that they made it for you makes you happy, and, and it's great. And of course, you're not going to break their heart and say, hey, this is really, really bad art. But everybody knows it's really bad art. It's kind of like children's books. If you, if you realize what the core principle is for a children's book, the drawings have to be a thousand percent unrealistic. There's never a children's book that's successful that actually has realistic pictures. And then the story has to be completely absurd. That's it. So you're not really looking for reality when you're dealing with kids. You're looking for fictitious kind of random inputs. And hey, look, your finger painting's beautiful, baby. I love it. It's the best thing ever. And it's great because then kids get the confidence to keep doing things and they get excited and they feel like they added value to the world, which is what, what anybody really wants at any age. So you go on with your life and then as you get older and you get older and you make more stuff and you make more stuff, people start to give you little drops of reality of like, oh yeah, it's great, could be a little better and you kind of take it. Okay, great, let me see if I can make it better. Until you get to the point where somebody really tells you what they think. And usually doesn't happen until you're an adult. And I don't think a lot of people experience this outside of maybe food. Okay. Because everybody has the experience of making food and sharing food. And generally, if you're lucky, you're making food for not just you, but for someone else. And, and eventually you'll get something, some situation where somebody says, yeah, I don't like this at all. <laughs> it's kind of a defining moment to you as a person, right? Do you get offended or do you just say, Hey, look, they don't like it. And that's fine. I think that happens with anyone when they share some comfort food from their childhood. You know, I made tacos for my good friend, Scott once. And these were like deep fried and olive oil. How you deep fry in olive oil? I don't know. I was 18. I had no idea what I was doing. But they were essentially just balls of ground beef and fat, corn tortillas, not the most delectable. And even he was cool about it. He didn't tell me straight up, I hated this. But at, at I think the age of 35, I brought it up and he said, yeah, those were terrible. I can't believe you made those. <laughs> we laughed about it. But again, as an 18 year old, I was 18, he was 20. You don't really say that to people. You just, you still sugarcoat reality, but at some point you need to get reality. You need to get the, Hey, this is bad because when you get that, it helps, helps you get better. But there's something else that happens whenever you're endeavoring in something creative, 
you, and this could be business. It could be art. Not many people that I know are artists, like classic artists, paintings and whatnot, but it could be art. But again, it could be business. It could be any project where someone has to make something. What happens is you want the thing you're making to be nice. You want it to be good. And in fact, if it's representing you, you want it to be perfect. So you spend a lot of time doing it and doing it and doing it. And then when you finally present it to the world, if you're around people that are being honest, there's at least one person who thinks, hey, that's not good. I don't like that. And hopefully they'll tell you. And in this moment, you get a very specific kind of decision because you can take it one of two ways. You can charge ahead and say, okay, thanks for the input. I'm going to keep going with this. Or you can recoil and say, oh, yeah, I don't like it either. And you can stop and, and you can give up. Now, that's not, that's not that amazing, right? Everybody knows you can keep plugging ahead or you can give up. But at what point do you give up? Because you have to recognize the inability to make something perfect, especially on the first try. I remember when I was, when I'd started tutoring and I, I made these flyers because this college counselor that I had met with said, Hey, do you have, do you have informational flyers? And I said, no, I don't. I was 22. I had no idea what I was doing. I don't even think I had business cards at this point. Um, but I had met with this college counselor and she really liked me and saw the program and said, okay, look, you need to get flyers and business cards. So I go out and make these, these flyers and I'm an enthusiastic guy, obviously. And so I outline kind of bullet point the, the aspects of my program, you know, oh, it's nine classes and it's, you know, we will go over this. So I do this bullet point kind of flyer to give people the information. And at the end of every sentence, I put an exclamation mark. Now you don't even have to put a period when you're doing a flyer, you're just presenting information, nine session class, you know, I think I put like Cal graduate, several years of tutoring experience. Again, I was, I was 22, but I had been tutoring at UC Berkeley, tutoring the other students for several years. So I kind of used that as my leg up, but I put an exclamation mark at the end of it. And, and one of my friends saw it and kind of laughed. I said, well, what's wrong? He said, well, you're the you the liberal use of exclamation marks is, is very evident and kind of chuckled about it. And I looked at it and realized, yeah, that, that seems ridiculous. Well, guess what? I had already made 300 of them. So I had a call to make, I had a call to make to say, okay, I can throw away these 300 flyers, which cost me not an inconsequential sum of money. And again, I was 22. I was bootstrapping this tutoring business. I didn't really know that's what I was doing, but that's what I was doing. I was starting this business. So I didn't have a lot of money recently graduated from college, I didn't have a different job. All I did was tutoring. So if I spent $300 on flyers, that was a lot of money and still is to this day. But, you know, obviously I'm more established. Back then it was a lot of money. And I had to make a decision. I wasn't going to stop tutoring. I wasn't going to stop trying. But my decision was in this moment, okay, I can throw away these 300 flyers and do another 300 and do them correctly now. But I realized really quickly, because I was making so many different decisions, and I was, did not come from a business background, I had no business training, and I had no boss telling me, no guide, no mentor telling me, hey, this is what you need to do, or do them like this. I was literally reinventing the wheel, every decision I made. And what I figured out is, okay, I can throw these away, or I can keep them. 
that much is obvious. But in doing that, I had to make an internal decision to accept a certain amount of error and continue presenting that error to the world or not. And that is a different thing because people understand when you're engaging in any kind of meaningful endeavor, you're going to have to push through setbacks. That's fine. But what people don't understand is you're not going to be very good at what you're doing in the near term. And if you allow that to stop you from continue doing whatever it is you're doing, you're going to shrink and you're going to die. That's, that's it. Whatever endeavor you're getting after is going gonna, is gonna to wither away. So then the question becomes, okay, how much error and substandard quality material do I present to the world? And that's a really crazy question to ask because you literally have to look in the face. Okay, are these flyers the best flyers I can do? No. I now know exclamation marks are silly. Fine. But I'm no longer in the world of, oh, your finger painting looks good. I'm in the world of, okay, people really want professional looking stuff. And I had made this error. I can't keep making flyers and learning after I make them that something could be better. I don't have the resources to do that, nor do I have the time. But I also can't present to the world substandard or goofy stuff with typos in it, which I, which I ended up doing by accident as well at different times. And I think this is a very difficult balance to make. And ultimately it comes down to confidence in your ability to continue presenting value to the world. So my mistake my mistake with the, with the exclamation marks was a mistake. It's not something I would do now knowing what I know. But it didn't prevent me from, one, not making that mistake again, and two, presenting the real value to the world that I was presenting. It didn't affect my ability to tutor students well and improve their knowledge base and, and get, them, get them smarter in a, in a short amount of time. It didn't stop that. So I knew that was okay. And I knew it probably wasn't going to be the most efficient flyer. Like it would probably be in the, at the end of the day, like the 60% best flyer I could make. But I could still present value to the world. It wasn't going to sink the ship. And this is something that everyone has to come to terms with. When you're trying to become very, very good at something, you have to accept a certain amount of error. And I think most people assume that they can make errors and just kind of wipe the slate clean and okay, move on with our lives. But whenever you're actually presenting something to the world, it's not like I sent an email to my boss and he got back to me and said, hey, you know, this email wasn't done well. You need to write me better emails in the future. And I say, okay, no problem. Thank you for letting me know. And I move on with my life. This is something that's literally going out into the world. There are real consequences here. And most people when you remove them from the boss situation and they realize there are consequences, they become paralyzed, right? So most become paralyzed and most say, I can't do this. I'm not going to make these calls. I'm not, I'm not cut out for this. Then another small portion of those people say, okay, I'll move ahead. I'll give this a shot. 
But when the errors come up, after one or two errors, they either get so frustrated that they give up or they use all their resources and all their time and they don't have any more time and resources to continue making errors. But I think successful people, successful people in the end, accept that they're going to make mistakes with real consequences. There's no denying those exclamation marks probably turned off at least one or two clients. At least. So there was some degree of real world consequence. But it didn't stop me from continuing to get better and continuing to bring value to the world. Yes, I lost one or two clients because of those. But the next flyer did was better. There was a typo in it. Maybe I lost one client because of that. And then the next flyer I did, which I think was the last, was perfect by my estimation. So even if I didn't get clients from the flyers, it wasn't because of the mistakes. And it took me, let's say, $1,000 worth of flyers to get to the point where I was proficient at it. But again, it didn't stop me from continuing building my client base. It didn't stop me from helping my students get better. It didn't stop me. It, none of these errors were you know, the fatal flaw. And that's just the plight of the artist. That's the plight of anyone trying to present something to the world. You're going to make mistakes and you're not going to be able to hide them. And wherever you started, I don't care what you're doing, wherever you started at day one, you'll hopefully be better at day 100. You'll hopefully be better at day 1,000. And if you stick with it for long enough, you'll continue getting better every day. So the last day you're doing your trade or your art or your, your endeavor, whatever it is, the last day, you're the absolute best you can be. But to get to that last day, you have to get ready to accept substandard, sub-highest quality content going out into the world. Because if you don't, you'll never get there. You'll never get there. If I waited for the flyer to be absolutely perfect, I probably would have never presented a flyer to the world. I would have gotten discouraged. I would have exhausted my resources. If I had waited to go meet counselors before I had flyers and business cards, Maybe I wouldn't have had the guts to do it. Maybe I would have said, oh, I'll make those next week and then I'll set up the appointments to see the counselors. If you wait for it to be perfect, whatever it is, be it a decision or a product, a, a plan, if you wait for any of those things to be perfect before you execute, I guarantee you, nine times out of ten, that'll stop you from even taking the first step. So stop waiting for things to be perfect. Accept that your flaws and your mistakes will have to be presented to the world. But focus on bringing value and getting better every single step of the way. And ultimately, it won't likely matter. And on that note, thanks for listening. Go out and crush it.